0: To me, it's all, it's all connected life, you know, to me, every step we take, every job we take, every career path, everything we do to me, the way I look at it is the stepping stone to the next thing. And then the stepping stone to the next thing.
1: Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Adulting can be hard, but you don't have to go it alone. I created this podcast to give you inspiration and let you know you're not alone in feeling stuck in midlife. Both men and women are welcome here. But if you are a woman, I also invite you to join our Midlife Uprising Community for Women, where we're making waves and reimagining what it means to age. Being part of this community for women will remind you on a regular basis that you're not too old and it's never too late to do that thing you've been thinking about. You can find more information at latebloomerliving.com forward slash community And I hope to see you there. Hello, my friend. I have a question for you. When was the last time you danced? Are you someone who dances anytime you hear music? You can't help it. You just got to move and it doesn't matter where you are. Or are you someone who only dances in the privacy of your own home and only when you're alone? (laughs) Dance is... A great means of expression. It's a way to physicalize that which can't be expressed in words. It's a way to tap into joy. It's a way to stay healthy. But what if you're someone who has physical limitations? What if you're in a wheelchair? Does that mean you can't dance? My guest today would say absolutely not. In fact, he made a movie about it. After 10 years of working for major film studios, Dan Watt decided to go out on his own and focus on stories exploring the human experience, humanity, spirituality, and social issues. At the age of 57, he produced and directed his first film. It's titled Everybody Dance, and in it he followed five kids with different disabilities, their families, and their dance teacher for 10 months on their journey through life and towards their big dance recital. I got to see it, and let me tell you, I was so inspired by these kids, their families, and the incredible dance teacher. I admit it, I cried. I mean, really, is anyone surprised? (laughs) Dan believes that visibility and inclusion are vital and showing your support to the disabilities community while raising awareness is crucial. And hey, did you know that April is Autism Awareness Month? Some of the kids in the film are on the autism spectrum, and this film was actually inspired by an experience Dan had earlier in life when he was a dance teacher and taught a couple of siblings who both had autism. So I thought April would be the perfect time for you to hear this story. So without further ado, here's Dan Watt. Let's go. Hey, Dan, thank you so much for being with me today.
0: Oh, great. I'm so excited to be here.
1: I am so excited. I just have to acknowledge that you and I kind of, through social media, connected because of my friend, Adam Rothenberg, and your friend, Adam Rothenberg.
0: Exactly. What a wonderful man.
1: Yeah. little shout out to Adam. Hi, Adam. Thank you. Hi, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) So I was so excited to connect with you and to find out that you've produced this, this documentary, everybody dance. And I, and thank you for sending me the link to watch it. I was so moved by it. And I really am so curious about so many things. Gosh, I'm thinking where to start asking you questions before you produced this documentary Used to work for major studios. You're you're based out of L.A., right?
0: Yeah, correct. You worked correct. for Columbia. I worked five years for Columbia Pictures in their uh, development department, and then I worked five years for Psycho, which was Simon Cowell's production company. He kind of poached me from Columbia Pictures. He wanted to start, start a scripted uh, TV and film department also. And he brought me over when he was doing the One Direction documentary following the band.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow.
0: He he then did actually close that uh, chapter in his life after he had a son because it was just, he likes to be a hundred percent hands-on and involved and just being so busy and in the UK most of the time with, you know, British Got Talent and British X Factor. And then f- coming here to film AGT, he wanted to read the scripts or read the books and mm. give notes. And he just realized he just didn't have enough time in the day. He just. Yeah. How
1: could you? How could Yeah. You? So
0: I left and he closed it then about a year later.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Not because of me, I don't think, but you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell me what happened to have you make this changeover? How how old were you when you when you made the changeover to opening your own production company?
0: Fifty seven, I 57. think. Fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Um, thank you to the <laughs> chagrin of my my mom and dad. Like, I'm sorry, you're you're leaving Sony Medical and pension. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know that old school thought.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but I I. As I reflected back, I always I used to come home from school and I would watch the Phil Donahue show every day. And my mom would be like, well, why aren't you like outside playing? And I'm like, Phil Donahue's on, you know. So but I didn't realize I loved hearing true stories and I loved someone's journey. Mm -hmm. And that's what attracted me to that show. And then, you know, after that, Oprah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came to a point where I felt that there were much more important stories that needed to be told and I just thought I need to either do it now or don't and so I jumped I jumped I didn't know what the documentary was going to be I knew I wanted it to be about the arts I knew I always was fascinated by you know it did when you were young, did your mom and dad, you know, make you take piano lessons or violin lessons or singing lessons or acting, but you didn't make a career out of it. So how did that help you in your everyday life? Was there Mm. anything of those disciplines? So that was my initial concept. And, but I didn't have my way in yet. uh, So I was just pondering with it. And I, I had a dream And it was vivid and I usually don't have those. And I remembered because I used to also be a dance teacher and a choreographer and a dancer prior to that. So I've made many shifts in my life uh, career wise. So I thought about Fran and her two daughters. I had this dream about it and they both had autism. And I thought, well, I haven't taught in like seventeen years. That was interesting. Why did I dream about you know Fran and her lovely daughters?
1: So were Fran and her da- were her daughters students of yours then? Right, they
0: were students of mine like seventeen okay. years yeah. ago, and Fran was wow. the mom. Uh huh. And then about two weeks later, I had the dream again, <gasps> and I thought, hmm, this is God poking me. He's going here's your movie asshole. I'm here. I'm handing it to you. Here's your movie. (laughs) So I was like, I think I need to pay attention to this. I think, I think this, you know, that was a sign and I trust that I trust my gut and I trust things like that. So that's what I went with. Wow. Seen the movie.
1: So tell me what your next steps were. Okay. So, so wait a minute, let me back up had you already left the production company with, with Simon Cowell? You, 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 did you already decide at this point, I'm going on my own, I'm going to start dance and Dan productions or did dance and Dan come from doing this project?
0: Well, I had, I had had my production company, uh, prior and I did lie. I produced live stage shows. So, and, um, you know, I brought B. Arthur in, Carol Channing and, you know, Dixie Carter, things like that. Um, so I had already had the production company, but I had never done anything in film and television. And I I knew I was gonna make a shift and I was going to leave working for Simon, but I hadn't come up with the idea of the movie or anything like that. So I I it was nothing sporadic where I'm like, I'm just gonna quit you know i i think we have to lay the groundwork and you know we still have to take some precautions like that and get things set up and and aligned and all that so um i got all that in place while i was thinking about it and then the the concept the initial concept came to me um before i actually walked out his door and then i had the then when i could focus on it 100% is when the actual, you know, dreams started to happen,
1: wow. did you was there anything that made you feel like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. Were you scared? I guess is my question i I
0: don't think I was scared. I well, well, I know I wasn't scared. I don't want to say I don't think. i I know I never I never hesitate. About things like that, you know, I I trust my my gut. I I trust those instinctual signs that come, and I, as I've looked back over my career, as we do when we get a bit older, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you, I can reflect back and I can see it's about every ten years or so, I, I think about it. You know, before I went to work in film and television, I was doing the public relations and marketing for a cultural arts center and running the South Bay Conservatory. And after 10 years, I thought, okay, well, I could start over at the first show I did and just repeat everything and, you know, work for the city and just do it again. You know, you've produced 56 shows, just start with one and do them all over again. But I thought that's not challenging. That's not exciting. That's not new. That's not vibrant. It's just, okay, get out, you know, and start all over. So I, there was that shift, you know, and then it was, you know, 10 years with film and television. Um, and I thought, yeah, these, you know, there's other stories that need to be told and it. So I made the shift again. You know, and prior to that, I was a dancer and I made the shift from dancer to producer because I thought I could do it better. <laughs>
1: you <know? laughs> there you so, go. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hearing like, um, like, I feel like it's like the, if you were, if you were, you're a pearl now, you, there was like a little piece of sand, like in there, in the shell going, hmm, there's something more here, Dan, there's something more here. Is that kind of what it felt like for you before you made your shifts?
0: yeah yeah i i I could feel that it was time to move on that it was time to do something different or um the the job I was working at was changing, you know, um their policies or their procedures, and it didn't fit right with me mm-hmm. um and that happened at both you know both times also, so there's also things like that, if it doesn't, if it doesn't meet my expectations or I'm no longer happy with the way things are being run or, um, the way you're being treated or anything like that, you know, comes down to respect and things like that. I thought it was, it's time to move on. Um, and then I have this ritual that I, I do every time when, once, when I pull out the Uh, CD to Wicked a change is coming because I play (laughs) Defying Gravity on repeat
1: 24
0: hours a day 10 days a week I mean I mean 10 days a week you know uh yeah I just play it over and over and over because the lyrics say you know Defying Gravity and Take the Leap and all that stuff and I just that just gets um embedded in my brain over and over so i guess we can thank indina menzel and uh and the writers of the song for
1: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing you know, what it, music does right yeah, it's amazing
0: it's, yeah the arts it, it is and if people you know it's it's a shame that you know, i mean there there's so many of us that do see that and appreciate it but how the arts do uh do can and affect your life in a positive way
1: yeah Hey, we're gonna take a quick break here because I wanna tell you about something near and dear to my heart. This episode is brought to you by Groundwork Brigade. If you're thinking about starting a side hustle or maybe you're already running a new business and feeling a little lost in the weeds or lonely, I'm so excited to be able to share with you some information about the business mastermind group I've been a part of for some time now. Groundwork Brigade is a community where you can develop a systematic plan for your business and find support to help you work the plan. You'll get great information, help, and feedback to support you. What I love about this group, among many things, is that I get to bring the questions that I have on any part of my business where I feel stuck or stopped. And, by the way... Most of the other people in the group are also midlife business owners who have pivoted recently from corporate careers or other life experiences. And let's face it, you know, there's a lot to learn about running your business even if you've had a successful corporate career previously. There's something really great about being with other people who are going through the same struggles you are. And I'm so excited to be able to share this opportunity with you. If you want to try it out at no cost, I would love to have you join us and I have an affiliate link for one free month of access to the group that I'd be happy to share with you. You can just email me at latebloomerliving@gmail.com, at gmail.com and I'll get you everything you need to get started. That includes eight opportunities during the month to join in and really see what the experience is like. Hey, if you're driving, don't worry. I'll also have information for you in the show notes. And I'll remind you at the end of the episode. Now back to our conversation. What did you find for yourself uh, having started off as a dancer and a dance instructor and seeing kids go through the process?
0: Well, I was lucky to be able to, when I moved out to California, I actually was in a touring company called On Our Toes. And then I also was lucky enough to... Uh, dance with the Joffrey Ballet when they came out here. They were doing big productions like Romeo and Juliet, Taming of the Shrew, Petrushka. And it was actually, uh, budgetary-wise, it was cheaper for them to hire some of us out here than bring their junior team, you know, and pay for per diem and <clears throat> all that stuff. So I was able to experience all of that that stuff. Um, and I think, I really think that the, the discipline, the the drive, the, the show must go on no matter what. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if your foot hurts. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your nose is running and you're sick. You're, you know, it's time. You're at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in front of 8,000 people and you're the third villager from the left. Go. You just, (laughs) you know, Um, but it's those disciplines, even, even going back before that, you know, when I, I remember doing West Side Story um in a dinner theater in the round in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Well, that teaches you a lot when you're walking down the aisle because it's theater in the round right. and it's also a dinner theater. And on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> at two, when the seniors come and a man tugs on you when you're playing Diesel in West Side Story and goes, excuse me can I have more butter <laughs> you're like, when you're a jet, you're right in a minute all the way. And you know. <laughs> but, uh, it it's learning to deal with, uh, situations like that in the family of, of a production I, th- I think is, is so valuable. And it, you also, it, and what you talked about, the development of that trust, because you have to trust the director. You trust the stage manager. Once you get to the stage, you stir, You trust the choreographer. You, you, you trust the written word, no matter what it is. But that having worked with that and developed those skills in myself to be able to trust you to light my show when I was producing and be able to trust the stage manager to make sure everybody's in place backstage Helped me so much when I decided to film this movie because I don't know anything about cameras and camera lenses. I wanted to tell a story. So I had to then do my research and then I had to trust the guy I hired that he would, that he said, well, here's the different lenses and this is what it would look like. I would say you should use this. And then you have to trust the sound guy, you have to then trust your editor. You know, um, so and I want to
1: say, by the way, the, the the camera work was beautiful. Like, I'm a photographer now, and I'm I'm watching the the these camera angles and and reflection uses of reflection in the in the. Oh, there's one moment where a mom is watching her daughter, uh, and she's she's looking through a pane glass window at her daughter rehearsing. And the, right. you can see, you're looking over the sh- mom's shoulder, seeing her reflection and her reaction in the glass plane window and the, do- and the daughter, all these layers of, I was just like, Oh, that is a beautiful, right. beautiful <laughs> shot, you know, and not to mention, I'm, I can think of 10 more right now that are just beautiful. So you you did a great job picking. Um, right. So so you had this dream about former students and their mom clearly features in that relationship and then how did you find this gem of of a school that you told the story around i mean ballet what's it ballet for all kids right
0: yeah ballet for all kids and the owner founder teacher her name is is bonnie and she's just an angel Well, what I did is I thought, well, I just have to do the next step. Once I decided that this was going to be it, um, I went online and I just Googled the schools and conservatories all across America and looked at their um, itineraries and the the way they taught. And I scheduled phone calls and did conference calls with a lot of people, but nothing was, nothing felt right. I, I, I had stumbled across a lot of studios and, it might work for them, but it wasn't working for my story where there was, you know, a school said that they taught, you know, kids with autism. And first of all, it should have been expanded more than just that, you know, uh, so that was a red flag. But then I saw they would send me tapes of their classes and the classes they they taught dance for 10 minutes and then it turned into a a gymboree, type class.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I thought. That's that's working for that studio and those parents and kids right now, but it's not my story. The story that I had in my mind. But I just kept and looking I wanna
1: back up because I think we missed mentioning in I mean, I think we touched on this before we hit record, but I think we missed mentioning that you had students that were autistic, right?
0: Right. That's when, when you were we were teaching Dan and her two daughters, her, both of her daughters were on the autism spectrum. And. Uh, but I didn't know anything about that, you know, you know, uh, you know 18 years ago, well, you know, 20 some years ago now, because the movie's out. I, I And I when I was teaching them, I. I never changed the way I taught. Um, Fran came up to me and, and I said, well, is there anything that I need to worry about? And she said, no, she said, J- I, we just know that they're not going to progress from jazz one to jazz two as quickly as some of the other students might. And she said, don't worry about that. We're, you know, they love the music and they love being here and they won't wor- don't worry about that. But she did say her older one was very sensitive to touch. So she Mm -hmm. said, you know, just just show her on yourself what you would do. But don't don't touch her
1: Mm. and
0: um, fix her arms. I said, cool, no problem. So I, I didn't adjust my teachings, my teaching techniques in any way. And I think by doing that. It helped me realize with this move when I did this movie that, you know, Bonnie does the exact same thing. I'm teaching a jazz class. I'm teaching it with a ballet warm-up. And why would I lower my standards or change ballet technique for anyone? You what, what my job as a teacher was was to find a way that worked for you for every student. It doesn't matter if they have autism or not. My job as a teacher is was always the way I approached it was always to say it three or four different ways. I can say, okay, we're going to do a pot of beret. That's left, right, left. That's one, two, three. That's step back side to side. So you, you present it in different ways while you do it. And what, and hopefully one of those will click with each kid, you know, I, I do better with, Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. Where some people listen to the music and do it one, two, three, four, five, six. So everybody finds their own way that works for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
0: just how I taught, and it worked worked well for me. And then when I when I met Bonnie, I thought this is it. This these are the stories I have to tell because she did that ex- the exact same thing i did but on a heightened and more expanded level because in my class i had you know two girls out of 40 and she has 80% of her her uh, studio is atypical but what is so fascinating about ballet for all kids is if you looked in the window you would never know because there are there are excuse me typical kids in there that take class also and everybody is in the same class but she uses props also you know scissors to show how to jump I so loved the kids can, seeing
1: that it wasn't
0: that fabulous so what a, an amazing idea
1: yeah then,
0: so the kids can learn visually with a prop you know so and she does things with scarves and you know in the movie there was just they're just So many things creatively that she came up with. So,
1: and she has a background as well in 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 beyond dance, right? She's she's trained to work with with kids. She understands the autism spectrum, right? Right,
0: right. She went and she has a degree in psychology along with her. She studied dance all her life and she combined the two so you know just have kids there who uh, have autism and down syndrome and cerebral palsy and the one girl in the movie sarah where they don't know i mean why what is you know the the older girl who finally walked mm-hmm. uh, in the movie you know she was 19 you know but and like she says for some reason the the messages from her brain don't hit the bottom part of her, her leg from her knee down. The the message doesn't get transmitted. So she, her, her legs just wouldn't move that well. Well, then she started walking, right. You know, bitty steps right before we started filming. So to be able to, you know, tell that, that story and how dance helped her the discipline of dance and, uh, and going constantly and never giving up and working working at it again and like she said also loving and enjoying it look how it changed her life yeah you know
1: which has me wondering too going back in time to Fran and and Bonnie no Fran and her daughters her um, two daughters yeah her two daughters you're here you are or were 18 years later dreaming about them what kind of progress did you see happen with those girls while they were in your class and how did that impact you i can I,
0: there was a, there was a moment where in when they the the girls got so so good in jazz one that they knew my warm up and I what I did in my classes, I always had an assistant that were, was in the front row with me in case I had to go change the music when it was time to change the song. And then I would explain the next thing or if I had to make a correction. And I moved her two daughters to the front row because they were ready wow. to help. You know, they were uh, at the level where they could assist me and the, the newer kids could watch them do it. And when I moved them to the front row, the the older one started to cry. Well, scared the bejeebies out of me. So I Mm -hmm. ran out and talked to Fran and she goes, no, don't worry about it. She said, you just made her her day. She now has accomplished enough and is in the front row, which was her goal. So to experience so then of course I start crying then I have to go back in and teach and then I'm like wait why is she looking at me why am I, why are you crying you know? and, I'm not you crying know. you're crying yeah exactly <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> uh, you know so it it's I think and it all you know to me it's all it's all connected life you know to me every step we take every job we take every career path, everything we do to me, the way I look at it, is the stepping stone to the next thing, and then the stepping stone to the next thing. And to be able to, after I made the decision to make the movie, while I was plotting it all out to think back of, I don't think another director, and this is not in a bragging way, I don't think they're is another director that could have made this movie the way i did because i was lucky enough to teach just teach dance in general and be a dancer Mm -hmm. but to also have produced and choreographed recitals and shows that i knew what was going on when i walked into that studio so i think i offered a perspective that there might be one or two directors out there somewhere, but I don't know if, you know, because I could reflect back on what happened in my life and apply it there. And that was key to me. And I made it very clear to Bonnie. And it was one of the things that we had to, uh, we discussed is that I said, I just want to be on a fly on the wall. I said, I am not, I do not want to disrupt your dance class in any way that's not fair in any dance class you know or any any arts you know any anything like that where all of a sudden you know there's three cameramen and a sound guy disrupting what these parents paid for right and again that doesn't have anything to do with a disability that's just anything.
1: That's just respect for, for the class going forward. I, you know, when I shoot an occasional wedding, I feel the same way going in as a photographer. I don't want to be that photographer that has suddenly taken over the event with lighting and posing and everything else, you know, and so, so respect that that's how you did this. And I'm amazed. I actually was looking at the, uh, the credits as they were rolling because I wanted to know more about the director of photography and how many cameramen you had, because I got that sense of, they were handheld shots for the most part from what I could tell. And it seemed, especially during at when you get to the part of the story where they go into, um, the recital and mm-hmm. the rehearsals for it and the tech and all the, and the things all leading up to the performance, um, once you got to the performance, it seemed I was like, how many camera operators must he have had <laughs> trained in on everything going on at that particular point? I mean, how can you be everywhere? Because you got reaction shots of parents watching their kids. This is where I'm going to cry. Um, you got the, the shots of the kids on stage. I mean, and beautifully artfully done. And And I'm like, Did they have like 20 different camera operators around the space? Like, how did you do that?
0: Pretty close. I actually had nine. You did? Okay. But but that also goes back to my experience. It goes back to since I've done recitals, I always sat in the, the sound booth. Mm -hmm. and would watch the entire show and call the Mm cues. So I'm trusting the people backstage. But I also knew that there's things that are going on in the green room. There are things in the wings. There are are things um, where, you know, you want to get the parents, so you need to see the audience or the audience reaction, parents included. So. um, I just hired enough people to do that, and I um, especially the ones in the wings to get the 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 reactions when the kids ran off stage or on stage and high five really were
1: everywhere
0: oh my god. each other and Ugh. and and i you know uh, hopefully your audience will will watch the movie but there's some of that stuff downstairs in the green room and in the mm-hmm. hallway that um so i was a nervous wreck and i was running all over both days, up and down, side to side, and making sure everybody was getting it. But then again, it goes back to trusting the camera guy that you put stage right, because you can't get over there now, because the only way to get there is to cross the stage, and I can't do that, <laughs> unless I'm going to chasse, chasse, you know, across the <laughs> stage. <laughs> so you're trusting that you, you, you know, you discuss stuff with him, but it's, you know, did you get Charlie? What, you know, are you following Maddie? And, you know, it's just... um All over the place. But again, that goes back to not knowing until I started filming it how much I was relying on what I experienced earlier in my career. And this was truly your
1: story to tell this. This was your story to tell, Dan, because I think about everything that you've done from being a dance instructor to having produced all the, the theater that you produced before you went to film. I mean, it all ties together, you know, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, it, it's it, it. And that's but that's how I've also lived, you know, my life trying to tie in with your show is that it, I, I've i always believed that everything leads to the next thing. And I've never and I believe everybody you meet, there's a reason why there's a purpose um, you might not understand it now. Um, I met... the Kelly Clarkson loved the movie. So she had us on her show as a guest. I did not know who was going to be on the show. They wouldn't tell me no. with us. Well, then they brought in Misty Copeland, who is wow. from ABT. Well, oh. I've known Misty since she was 15, but she's not going to... She. Wouldn't I knew she wouldn't remember me because she used to perform at the cultural arts center here where I did the public relations and marketing when she was 15 in recitals with the dance company out here. So I, I won't go into too many details. So I'm sitting next, she just happened to be in the makeup chair next to me. And I said, you're not going to remember me, but from when you performed in Torrance in um, I think it was called red fire or something like that. And she looked at me, And we discussed something well, I'll tell you, I actually bought her some point shoes because her family didn't have any money. Wow. And to continue to, you know, cover all our expenses. So I actually bought her some point shoes and took them backstage and left them in her dressing room. And she signed one of her old pair. So here we are, I don't know, thirty, thirty-five years later, meeting in the in the makeup room of the kelly clarkson show and she's like that was you and i'm like yeah so we're crying the makeup people are pissed <laughs> and you know it, so <laughs> they're like wait a minute you go on stop crying
1: there's no stop. crying in baseball don't run in your makeup <laughs>
0: it, and you just think that see how the dots in your life connect uh. because and I are now friends she started a production company and I just introduced her to another friend of mine Jen who was the first uh um black woman hired to be a Radio City Music Hall Rocket. Wow! so I connected her with her and her production company but again it's just like-minded just the people chills. yeah oh. and and I just knew that their personalities had to meet yeah you know so I just always believe that there's energy and a connection that we just and i felt that connection with bonnie after we talked you know bonnie who owns the studio and i knew i knew that we were like-minded and that that i would tell her story right um and when her and the parents finally trusted me um here we are (laughs)
1: wow i could talk to you for ever, Dan. I I have so many questions about how you pulled this off. It's beautifully done. And so I think my, my next question and maybe my last question is, what did you learn about yourself in the process of taking this leap and making it all happen?
0: I it reinforced to me that I needed to trust myself and trust that gut instinct. It also, I also learned that there are that first some people you'll never hear from again, (laughs) which you learn as life goes on. But um, but then there are also wonderful people who will hold your hand. Uh, through things like this and I want to give credit to Morgan Spurlock who is a documentary directory a doc documentary director he's the one who did supersize me where he ate at McDonald he was the director we hired for the one direction movie and I reached out to him and he was a phone call away a text away if I texted him and said I don't know if I can do this what did I get myself into he Mm -hmm. would call me within five minutes so you know that there are angels in your life when you need them, um, and to reach out if if you need help if the if there's something you're struggling with in any part of your life, you'll find you you can find somebody to talk to and that to have the courage to do that. you know, I know this is just about making a movie, but it was a uh he. Held my hand, and then these kids were my inspiration. When I didn't feel I could go on, because I'm like, well, I've run out of budget money. <laughs> what am I gonna do next? But then you see that mom that you saw, looking through that window at her, her daughter, her actually it was a grandmother, her grandmother oh, looking oh, her at gra- right. She was a grandmother, right? Yeah, looking at her granddaughter Dakota, yeah, who. Uh, has to walk with her crutches and these wonderful volunteers that are dancing with her and holding her up. I can get through this. (laughs) I mean, this is nothing. (laughs) My problems are nothing, you know? So I've learned, I've learned that, you know, to trust and to look, look and ask for help if you need it.
1: Hmm amen to that. That is something that I yeah. have learned later in life as well. Yeah. I will just say that's amazing. I am so happy to have met you and, um, and, and definitely want to stay in touch with you.
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs> and,
1: um, how can people watch this wonderful movie? Where, where do they go to find everybody dance? It's-
0: Oh, it was on PBS. I think it's off PBS now. They ran it for uh, March because it was Disabilities Awareness Awareness Month, so it might still be on PBS. But the, I think that might have ended. But it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It's on iTunes. It's on Apple TV. It's on Vimeo, and it's. I think there it, there's also a link on YouTube where you Fantastic. can you know you can rent it. Yeah. Yeah. Just look up, just type in everybody dance documentary. And there it is.
1: There you go. And you've got a new project you're working on, right? Is that still untitled?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, It's. It's going to be great. (laughs) So I have to I have to keep it under wraps, but I'm working with Daryl Roth, who is, you know, a Tony winner and Pulitzer. Big time producer, right? Yes. Yes. And for the, for those in your audience who know anything about, um, Broadway, she was the producer of Kinky Boots. She was the one who brought that, that to life. Um, but she's also just has the new one. Um, the one about pie, the movie.
1: Oh yeah. The, the, um, the one with the tiger pie, a legend life of pie, life
0: of pie, life Life of pie. Yeah. 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 She's that just starts in previews this week i think
1: oh my god yeah but to
0: be able to work with someone of that caliber and her to have liked my idea i was like again but all i did was call you know what i mean so if you don't make the call they can't say yes or no if you don't make the call take the step and she said yes
1: (laughs) that makes me so happy yeah I just am I'm, I'm delighted and I, I, I want to stay in touch with you and and I'm going to have links for people in the show notes to get to uh, your website. And um, what else did I want to say? The In fact, I'll just say it right now. So I'm going to have links for everybody in the, to get to your website, which is Dance and Dan Productions dot com right yep Yep. and is there a separate place for them to go to for the movie or is that the best place to go to to get information about the movie and where it might be currently streaming and things like that right
0: all the all the other links are on the main page there
1: awesome that sounds
0: great or just type it into your your Google search because then it'll pop up, you know, on Amazon or iTunes or anything like that.
1: Yeah, perfect. And then if people want to keep up with you, you're also on Instagram, which is where you and I connected at yeah. W, correct? Yep. Awesome. Yep. Okay, so I'll have that stuff in the show notes if anybody's driving, don't worry about it. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, there you have it. One of the things I can't stop thinking about after speaking with Dan is that he paid attention to his dream with Fran and her daughters. You know, maybe it didn't occur to him the first time he had the dream, but when they visited his dreams again, he recognized that there was something significant for him in their story. It makes me wonder If I'm paying attention to my dreams enough, what are they trying to tell me? I think we all need to be paying more attention to our dreams and if you're one of those people who doesn't remember your dreams after you wake up, don't fret, pay attention to your daydreams. Here's the hitch. Do you ever allow yourself to daydream? I think it's essential to our growth to give ourselves time and space for daydreams. I really do believe that we all have inner wisdom pointing us in the right direction if we only take the time to listen. If you are in need of some inspiration, I highly recommend that you watch everybody dance. It's so uplifting and beautifully done. I recommend it as an antidote to all the things you're seeing on the news and on social media. You can rent it on Amazon and it's available to stream on Apple and Google Play. I'll be sure to include a link in the show notes to the trailer and to Dan's website where you can get all the information along with information about Autism Awareness Month. I'll have that for you and the dance school featured in the film. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 139. Oh, and remember, if you want that link for a free month of Groundwork Brigade, you can just email me at latebloomerliving at gmail.com and I'll have information for you in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.